The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is an updated classic, Josh Barboni. How are you doing? Hi, I'm like the updated classic of, uh, I'm like, I'm like Double Dragon Neon. <laughs> like you thought you wanted it, but then you get it. And you're like, ah, it is an updated classic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but did we really, really need it? Yeah, we didn't need this, though. <laughs> Speaking so Josh, of classic went... arcade games, I went back to that barcade. Yeah. Barcade? Barcade. Because uh, I went with my wife originally. This time I brought my brother, my dad, and my cousin. And my dad and my cousin both worked in coin-op gaming machines. So it was a real treat to go back with them. Uh, this place was like four times as busy as when I went last time, which is, okay, I guess, good okay. for them. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, Ugh. Um, but ton of fun, ton of fun. So, yeah, bar kids, if you got any around you, check them out while you still can. Yeah. When did school start for you? So, uh, September, August 30th is the first day. Um, so we got one more week left. Teachers are reporting this week. Um, we're in crunch time for getting the rest of our work done, unfortunately. But, you know, uh, we got five days, although we do start a basketball camp this week. So there will be kids in the building. We have really had kids in the building every day because we had two sessions of summer school as well as band camp and basketball camp and football practice. So. We, as custodians, have felt like school has ended. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, August 30th, uh, full return, full classroom sizes, um, masks encouraged. Sounds about like us. Sounds about like us. We, uh, uh, classes start tomorrow uh, for when you're listening. Well, yesterday for when you're listening to this, tomorrow for when we record. And, Yeah. It's everything is pretty much back to quote unquote normal because we're not allowed to do anything other than that. Right. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but hopefully, well, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful that things go splendidly, but you know, the first night that uh, students were back on campus and all that good stuff, uh, there was an event with 1600 people at it. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, uh, you know, everything goes well. Um, I'm hopeful. I really am hopeful that it's going to be okay, and and that our students are making good choices, and our staff. So it's not. I know it's not just up to the students. Like everyone yeah. needs to make yep. good decisions and good choices there. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, hopefully well. So I, I have this very um, worried feeling that you know it, it might end up worse than last year was because last year we were taking all these precautions, yeah, and we made it through the whole school year. Um, and this year we're not taking any precautions. Uh, I, I'm hopeful that. 
that is going to be okay still. But I hear you. It's a scary time, and you know, against all odds, we're in, we're we're in worst case. We're in a worse situation than when we started this whole pandemic. I know, and we're you know. I mean, I agree with you. I, I just hope people are safe and healthy and don't get sick, and that's really all that I want. I'm not trying to take anyone's rights away. <laughs> right. Well, it, it's funny because the there's a brewery that I follow and they were having a an outdoor concert. And so they had all these like rules and guidelines and things to know about the concert and all this other stuff. And the last part was is that, you know, since the concert's outside, like masks are optional. Yeah. Uh, you know, but if you want to wear a mask, you're more than welcome to because it might be busy, like in the lines for food or at the restroom area and things like that. So if you want to wear a mask, you're definitely more than welcome to. Um, and if you have concerns about people wearing masks, please find anything else in the world to worry yourself about. <laughs> was literally like what their <laughs> <Wow>. message was. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so, you're choosing to go to a concert. I, I kind of agree with that sentiment, although it is a little... <laughs> A little harsh, maybe, uh, but I mean, yeah, if you're going to an outdoor concert or even like a baseball game like I've gone to here, like that should be your the least of your worries. Right. Like if people are wearing masks and it bothers you, just think of something else to be worried about. So, yeah. So, yeah. But hey, but on the good news, like you missed a hurricane. Just barely. We just I mean, we literally had like sprinkly showers nothing major at all so um we were prepared but yeah luckily it it passed right by us well better be better to be prepared and have and not have it be needed than not prepared and needed you know yes for sure so there's so some motto about that uh but hey for the (laughs) pregame this week josh you know fall is almost here yeah i will say today gorgeous day outside absolutely wonderful spectacular beautiful day Happy to spend a bunch of it outside today. I felt very, very lucky. Um, and, you know, we're going to be doing our Metafall predictions here soon hmm. on this episode and, and talking a little bit about some of the games releasing this fall. So the question I have for you, Josh, before we get to Metafall and before we get to all of that, yeah. you know, we have word or rumor slash confirmation that uh, Horizon Forbidden West has been pushed to 2022, right? Like yeah. PlayStation hasn't confirmed it, but seems all but certain based off of other people that 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 game has been pushed as a result i did remove it from metafall just because sure i didn't want to jinx it you know (laughs) and like because i'm sure that if i had put it in metafall then it definitely would have been delayed Uh, but since it's not there maybe it'll come out right that's the hope um (laughs) of the 10 games slash 11 games including the tiebreaker do you think all of them are actually going to release this fall how are you feeling about the fall release lineup now that we're almost at the end of august yeah, you know, September's right around the corner. We know a few games have gone gold and are good to go. Do you feel pretty good about our fall releases? Do you think most everything else is going to stick? I mean, so we have Gamescom on Wednesday, so the day after you're listening. That's really, I think, where we'll see any delays um, if we do. I think from our list, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent on Far Cry Six. Uh, Guardians or Dying Light 2. I think if those, if we had to pick games from our list that would be delayed, those mm-hmm. would be the three I would pick. But, um, and I mean, I didn't, I considered using the Halo Infinite news as one of my news articles, but I'm going to wait until after Gamescom. So next week I'll talk about Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, and I think, uh, you know, they had said, and, you know, speaking of Halo briefly, they had talked about how uh, they were kind of like within a three-week window. And now that we have a, because this isn't part of the news, but obviously the reveal and date of Call of Duty Vanguard happened. I think yeah. now that that date is out there, I think we're going to get a Halo Infinite uh, confirmation of day sooner rather than later at this point. I think that was one of the big ones that we're waiting for is to figure out exactly when Call of Duty Vanguard was coming out. So I would agree with you. I think the one game for me that I am most quote-unquote worried about, uh, to use that term, or the one that I think is most likely to be delayed is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Because... Obviously, Game Informer has done their like month of coverage for it, but since that reveal, we really haven't seen anything other than what was very structured for that Game Informer interview, and that yeah. stuff doesn't by any means guarantee release. So that is the one for me that I I feel like is most likely to get delayed, and maybe that's just because not a lot of these other games I hear people talking about, but I really don't hear anyone talking about this game. I saw like a five and a half minute video for guardians with the boss okay uh recently and it seemed pretty like fleshed out at least choice wise and stuff and dialogue but um again it wasn't gameplay it was um dialogue and dialogue choices but it wasn't like combat or anything so um so yeah i i kind of agree with you we haven't seen too much especially for something that's coming out like two months from now but again, uh, also, I said, but again, this is going to be my new thing. Uh, we might see it uh, this week at, at Gamescom. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, but I agree with you. It seems with the lack of info, it does seem, I guess, if you compare to Call of Duty Vanguard with the lack of information, there's way more information about Guardians with only like a week difference between the two games. That is very true. That is very true. I, I think part of it, though, being Call of Duty just coming out now and saying the release date, I think makes it a slightly different. Right. But you're right. And maybe it's just the circles that I run in and the folks that I listen to. I just have heard very little chatter yeah. about Guardians of the Galaxy, whereas I actually heard way more chatter about Call of Duty Vanguard, mostly from League speculation. Rumor, Before like it even was announced. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll move on here and kind of start getting into the show proper. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. Just like a few of our on-air producers have, like Michael Masick, Edwin Kahlo, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Ben Moxham, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Devin Tyus, Josh Barboni, RJ Kern, Zach Adams, Joe Wilson, AJ Pentecost, and of course, Horse Girl 69. But if the most important thing is just that you listen to our show and maybe share it with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world... We encourage you to check out the Dice Tower podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there is a podcast on the network that's right for you. So, moving on with the new format, talking a little bit about what we've been playing. Josh, what has been taking your time this week? Well, it's been a busy, busy work week. So, uh, there hasn't been a lot of time dedicated to video games, unfortunately. Um, You know what? I'm just, I'm just thinking... I feel like there's a Game Pass game I or two I played that I didn't put on my list, but maybe that was last week. 
But I could start with Ghost of Tsushima, director's cut, which I started. I will say, I saw you playing Dodgeball Academia. Chesh. I know it's your homework, (laughs) though, but I'm just saying, I know you were playing it, so that's that's a Game Pass game. It is a Game Pass game. I mean, I could talk about it, I suppose. Um, And I... I was going to have you play Microsoft The Solitaire Collection, but I'll you totally seem pretty stoked that. about that anyway, <laughs> so I, I skipped that one. Yeah, that wouldn't bother me for one second. <laughs> um, uh, you know what I should have done? I, sh- I should have tried that free trial of uh, Madden. I don't know why I didn't do that, but I didn't. Um, yeah, I did talk about my other ones earlier. So uh, I started Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Uh, it, you know, I'm having a hard time dis- like discerning the difference between the two because I had to start from scratch. Um, so like it looks great, you know, I, and I don't have any like thought like issues with that. I'm just wondering uh, what the difference is. Not that that's important to me because I'm just enjoying playing it again. But um, I know that you can tweak between performance and um, frames. Mm-hmm. The defaults to performance, so I changed it to frame. No, defaults to high quality. Yep. So I changed it to performance. Um, about like ten minutes in, because I forgot that that was probably an option I should have looked at. Uh, I maybe you've played this too. Maybe maybe I'm forgetting. I don't remember being so close to the back of Jin in like the start. And maybe that's just the beginning, but I felt like the third person was closer. I don't think that they changed the game. I just, for me, it had been so long, I think, since I played it. Yeah, it's a surprisingly tight third person, kind of yeah. like God of War. I was like disoriented a little bit. Yeah, it's really up there. And it does take a little bit to get used to because there are things you genuinely just can't see because it, you are so tight in on Jin. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. there are things. Yep. And that is. Uh, from what I recollect, just kind of the way the experience always was, which I think is why it's a little bit harder to jump back into a game like a Ghost of Tsushima versus when I was talking about like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and that yeah. was like butter getting into. This definitely feels different. Yeah, and then there's parts like where you're, where you're on the rooftops, and it definitely scales back to further than I remember. So I'm like, I'm my brain's all over the place, but um, I think it it plays like a dream. It looks great. It controls great. I'm just excited to get back in. I did try to, I was like, oh, man, my cloud saves have to be there somewhere. So I tried it again. But no, but I didn't, I did discover that my Horizon Zero Dawn save from 2017 was in there for some reason. Interesting. I went back in because uh, I wanted to double check because I saw my PS4. So I booted up my PS4 uh, because I had gone to look for my cloud saves and they weren't there. Mm. And so I booted up my PS4 and looked, and for some reason, I don't know if this is because when we started game sharing or what it was, but a big chunk of my saves from, like, I don't even know what year, but, like, 2018 to part of 2020 weren't there, but then they started again. And I tried to just push everything to the cloud, and it wouldn't. And it, it kept erroring. I kept getting an error every time I tried to push my saves to the cloud when I tried to push everything. But if I tried to just go in and push, yeah. like, the save for Ghost of Tsushima, the save for The Last of Us Part Two, the save, like, if I did it individually, it totally worked. And then I went on my PS5, they were there, and I downloaded them, and it was fine. But for some reason, there was a time in there 
that some of my games did not push automatically to the cloud. Do you think you got my saves and I got yours because we have to essentially make our consoles the home console? No, I don't think so because I think it's still like I am booted into my profile. Because I ended up with your Call of Duty saves. You did end up with my Call of Duty saves. That is true. Which is a game I've never finished because I didn't have my save. (laughs) But did you get the Platinum in Ghost of Tsushima? I did. And it's actually what the killer is. I was telling Ashley when I was playing. You can't get your free plat. It's the first game I ever platinumed, and I had to start from scratch. The first game I ever Well, right, but you just loved it so much to platinum it, you can just do it again. I mean, I'm going to to have to do it again, but I spent so (laughs) much time with it. Um, It's a little tragic in that way. But I would say it looks looks incredible. I can't wait to um, work my way through the main story again and then get to the new island so I can experience what everyone else is experiencing right now. And unfortunately, I'm stuck in the past. Uh, But that is what it is. Um, I'm doing my homework. I just I wasn't going to talk about it until next week, but I'll talk about it. Um, I'm playing. So Kyle gave me a homework. I'll play uh, Dodgeball Academia for an hour. Yep. I think I'm at eight hours now. Okay. Oh, well <laughs> surpassed. Well surpassed. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it is like um, a traditional RPG meets um super dodgeball and it keeps getting crazier the dialogues at first the dialogue was awful it mm-hmm. was brutally bad dad jokey dialogue and now i'm used to it and i think it's funny dad jokey dialogue <laughs> uh, but the, the dialogue has gotten better i would say the first 40 minutes of dialogue is rough and i was like i'm not gonna like this game um, it has the, the tropes, the RPG tropes of like, go here and then go back to this place and then come back to this place. Um, but it doesn't feel so horrible. It kind of reminds me of, um, the way you are gaining your party. Do you ever play Sakodin on PlayStation 2 or PlayStation? Yes. Yes. So yes. it kind of reminds me of that in the, in the regards of getting, um people on your team it's except it's not so much of a choice as Sukoden was like you would like s- like seek out people to be part of your giant cast well i i think probably is really similar to like figuring out how to actually pronounce the name of that game sweet coden because <laughs> there's so many different Sukodin. pronunciations it's like your entire party is like is it sweet is it Sukoden? Yeah. like there's yeah. so many pronunciations <laughs> the english pronu- the josh <laughs> pronunciation uh so uh that that's been fun gaining characters as you play the game uh i'm constantly it's constantly changing where it starts off where you're just kind of on like dodgeball style courts Mm-hmm. Um, where it's 1v1 or 2v2, and then that changes drastically. The courts change, the match types change. Um, there's tournaments, there's adventure, there's exploring. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I thought I might beat it before we recorded tonight so I could ask you for more homework, but um, I, I haven't beaten it yet. Uh, it is nice that it is uh it 
is unintentionally um, quick resume. Like I didn't realize. I just turned my Xbox off the other day and I turned it back on two days later and it was exactly in the pause menu where I stopped it. I oh, wow. Like, okay. Oh, I never used quick resume and it works. <laughs> so no loading, just like pop me right back in where I was. Um, I like the animation style. The controls feel good. Uh, I keep unlocking characters for verses, which makes me want to play it online against somebody. So if we have a listener playing this game, let me know. I think Seth is playing it. Yeah. Do you think Seth listens? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. I'm pretty positive he doesn't, but I'm just saying. You can play um, with Seth. So here's what I'll say. So far, I will say, if you have Game Pass, there's no reason for you to not play this game. If you're listening, and also to you, Kyle. Uh, it is a lot of fun. It's on PC, I think, also. It is, yes. But uh, a lot of funny jokes. There's even a Ticket to Ride joke in the game. Oh, wow. Crossover. Um, yeah, and... And a bunch of other things. Good sense of humor, fun gameplay, really enjoying it. Okay, really quick question, Josh. Uh, do you remember the homework that you assigned for me? I don't. I don't either, and I didn't write it down. And I, I was, didn't write it down? The other day, I was like, okay, I should oh, really Oh, I'll do... listen to the podcast, and I'll just tell you what it was. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'll let you do that then. Because the other day, I was like, hey, I have some time. I should see if I can work on this homework from Josh. And then I'm like, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> And then I looked in the show notes, and I usually write down the show notes, and I didn't. And so then I just couldn't remember. So, okay. Yeah, usually you write it down. I know. I feel like I was just so excited about it being episode 200, so. Yes. Oh, I should address that now that you bring that up. So I got a couple messages about okay. how, how I did not seem very excited or enthused about hitting 200, and <laughs> I don't... I was trying to be self-deprecating. I wasn't trying to play it down. Like, obviously, I'm excited that we hit 200 episodes. Uh, so if anyone thought that I didn't, uh, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intention. That being said, I we were at Target. I keep wanting to buy Gargoyles, the board okay. game. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, my wife's like... I don't know, Gargoyles. I don't think I want to play it. And use it as an event. Or Is it going to sound weird? I'll listen to that. I'll message you. I thought I could do it now. I'll like randomly pull it up. Um, so we were looking at the board games. I Also, Tetris is a board game now. I don't know if you know this. And it's just okay. like a drop it game, but it's a Tetris like um, registered trademark or whatever. Okay. Okay. So I want to get that as well. There's a few games I want. But... Um, I saw this $10 game by Ravensburger, um, and it reminded me of the Exit Games, and it's just a tiny little box. It's big. Oh, that is Sm- tiny. Smaller than the palm, well, about, just about the size of my hand. Yeah. Uh, it's called Echoes, which is the, which is the, um, if you think of Exit as board game genre or category or grouping echoes is its own thing so it is number two in the series there's only three so far and it is an audio mystery game uh it's called the cocktail this specific one and uh i'll give you the synopsis uh is uh under the dim lights of a smoky new york speakeasy 
the underworld meets to concoct their sinister plans. Listen to the conversations at the bar and see if you can solve the mystery of the infamous mob boss, Cruel Steve. What a horrible Ooh. name. <laughs> wow. So you have a box of cards. They're separated by clues. And uh, I will, I'll say, because I can't think of the word, uh, either scenarios or events. And there's six scenarios slash events. And then there's more clues. And you have to download a smartphone app, which is free. And what you do is use the camera and you put it over a card and you can listen to an audio file that is associated with that card. So you listen to it, you listen for clues, and then you have your clues. You can also scan your clues to get a little audio bite from the clues, a smaller version of a bigger picture. And what you have to do is match three clues to a scenario or scene and they have to be in the right order. Uh, and, and because of the way the game is played, you're not necessarily hearing the scenarios in order. So there's six scenarios. You're trying to get three clues for each. You only start with nine clues available to you. And after you have used all nine clues, you also you then get access to more clues that were previously locked away for you. Um, and then as you do that, uh, eventually you get to the point where you will solve all of the scenarios, and then you actually have to put all the scenarios in the correct order. The cool thing is once you unlock a scenario with your clues, it gives you a long audio file not only uses all of your clues in to complete the story, but also gives you more story from that one little scenario, which you can then use for clues and to the other scenarios. If you can kind of try to figure out where you are in this story, trying to figure out who did what. Uh, so my wife and I played last night. We played... It was hot here, so we actually played in the bedroom on the bed with the AC on. So it's not really a great on-the-bed game okay. because I figured it was so small right. that it wasn't going to take up a lot of space. But you really do need to space things out. Um, I think at least if you're trying to be like that Sherlocky kind of thing, you want to be able to like move clues around to where you might associate them. That being said, we did finish it. Um and uh, you know it was it was ten bucks, and we finished it in an hour and a half. So it might not share a lot of value to people with that, but I will say I'm going to give this game to my friends. So mm -hmm. we'll give it to our neighbors, um, and then when they're done, we'll have them give it to our other couple in our friend group. So at least we know that more people than us will get play so it has its own replayability in in that term uh and then maybe i'll ship it out to you <laughs> when that comes so, back so what you're saying potentially worth the 10 bucks yeah it was fun it was definitely worth 10 bucks it's i mean how much you pay for an escape room right? yeah. similar vibes and it's considerably cheaper yeah gotcha i gotcha that was echoes the cocktail correct yeah and you can play with uh, one to six people. So even if like we didn't, me and Ashley didn't play again, it could be something that I could bring to a game night and 
we could just like watch other people play. Right. And that gotcha. could still be fun. Very cool. Anything else that you're playing? Uh no, but I do want to get to one of the game the other one of the games you're playing. It's still on my plans to get to I did cons I did tell my wife to buy Garden Story on the Switch, mm-hmm. which she did play. And then I was like, how is it? Like an hour into her playing. And she's like, oh, it's weird. It's all fruits. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. And then I didn't think she liked it. And then like three hours later, she was still playing it. So I think she likes it. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Good Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, so my What You're Playing isn't too different from last week, but I can give a little more insight into, into these things. Um, I did also start the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. I have not ventured into the dlc yet because i wanted to make sure that i felt good about the controls again and like unlike assassin's creed valhalla this has taken me a bit longer (laughs) to get back into and feel comfortable with i think i am good now um but overall i i kind of feel like you josh in the sense of this game looked really really good before and ran really really well before so in looking at it i'm like yeah this is real pretty like real pretty yeah, I think it's better than it was before, but I really <laughs> genuinely don't remember. Yes, uh, the one thing I will say that I, I they did do a nice job of with this is I know it's not as easy as Xbox, but this is definitely one of the easiest implementations of like moving your save over, like all of that stuff is super super simple because literally like you boot into the game, it's like hey, so like import your PS4 save, click on that, and it's just done. Uh, the other thing that they did is that, and this has been in a more recent update, that it always defaults to now just downloading the PS5 version of games, Yeah, which I think actually is like more confusing for people now because we went through this time of having it be like you had to really like double and triple and quadruple check everything to make sure you were getting the right thing. And yeah. now that it's easier, I think it's actually messing us up more often because we were trying to help Donnie and yeah. we're like... What? Why? Why is this so like? Why is this so complicated? And it's actually way simpler than it used to be because it actually checks itself now and does uh, supposed to just give you the PS5 version. But yeah, so we're it's hopefully we'll get used to it being better and hopefully it continues to get even more simple because obviously with Xbox it's super super simple. Uh, but I do hope that other developers learn from this because so far this has definitely been the most seamless transition into like an update to a game that brings in PS5 features and and importing your save. Everything was super, super easy. So hopefully that continues. Um, Have continued more into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, still doing the Wrath of the Druids. I think I'm just about wrapped up with the DLC. Pretty darn close, I think. I've put about 10 to 12 hours in it right now, so I think I'm pretty close to the end. Um, This is definitely more that I'm further into it. This is definitely more just AC Valhalla. So if you like the world... Great, you're going to be able to go in and do it. Uh, I have hit a few um, glitches that are a little annoying, and that has happened in this game quite a few times. Uh, The one that I keep hitting is that I I use fire arrows a lot, Um, but then no matter what I do, she just keeps holding onto a big handful full of fire arrows. (laughs) Uh, So running around got fires or arrows waving all over the place so i have to like quit out and like reload and then she finally doesn't have her fire arrows in her hand anymore burning stuff down everywhere we go uh, which is pretty annoying (laughs) pretty annoying um so yeah a few glitches here and there but i still really enjoy the world i i enjoy like what i'm doing with it um it's just fun and i know this is kind of like my video game comfort food i've decided probably is just assassin's creed like i just really like going back to these worlds and playing these games and they're just so much fun for me 
Um, and then just still plug it away at Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which I'm a pretty impressed with myself that I'm still playing. Um, <laughs> I usually fall off in Nintendo games pretty quickly, but I'm still plugging away and having a good time with it. Uh, the world, like I really like the world and the art. And I honestly have laughed out loud a couple times at how dumb the rabbits are, uh, which yeah. caught me by surprise. I did not anticipate I would actually find parts of it funny. Uh, I do have a very, very small knit with the game. And I wish when I'm running around the map part that yeah. I could change the camera. <laughs> yeah. Because goodness <laughs> gracious, I don't know why that is just so annoying to me that I can't spin the camera during that time. And I get part of it probably is because they want to like have you try to figure out secret things a little bit or be able to more easily hide secret things. But it's very annoying when I I hate like having to backtrack through like those worlds and stuff to go get stuff or like double check to make sure I found everything. That's really my only nit with the game so far. I've actually really enjoyed the gameplay. Um, I, I didn't think that I was going to. It is uh in-depth enough that it you have to think a little bit about what you're doing but not so in-depth that if you haven't played a ton of like strategy rpgs like this that you get absolutely hammered if you make a mistake uh which i like and you know so far i've been super successful in the battles i, I really haven't run into any huge issues i've gotten quote-unquote perfects in in all of them um but i have you know put a little bit of thought into what i'm doing and and all that good stuff i think I might be doing a bit better because since I bought like the gold one edition or whatever, yeah. I have some other guns unlocked right away, basically, okay. that I was able to equip like the first time um, sure. that are more powerful. So I feel like that might be helping me, uh, making it a little easier because I don't think it's because I'm just really good at these games, uh, but still really enjoying it. Still plan to keep playing it. Um, this one definitely surprised me. This is a style of game I'm not usually into, but I'm having a really good time with it. So, uh, you know, I know I'm a little behind on the train on that one, but I'm having a good time. So. Was that the game you wanted to say something about? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to jump back in. I and I played a lot of that game, and I stopped at a point where it got very difficult for me. Um, I'm sure I'm just not there yet. There's a point where you you have to manage your team better. Like there's mm -hmm. there's a lot a large portion of the game where it doesn't matter who's on your team. Like as long as you're tactical, you can do well. Um, but I, I, I believe if I remember correctly, I got to a point where I am not budging on my team and the game was like, you have to change someone or you'll never win this. Gotcha. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> Luigi on my team. Because <laughs> <laughs> who wants Luigi? <laughs> No, I hear you. And like I said, I have no doubts that it's coming. I have no doubts that the learning curve is going to ramp up. But right now, for me, so far, it's been not too bad. And we'll see what my stick to is once that happens. Yes. Uh, maybe I'll still really stick to it. Maybe I won't. But yeah, so far, so good. I'm happy with the 20 bucks I spent on it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Cool. All right, Josh. So let's kind of move into our topics for the show. What is your first topic this week? Uh, my first topic is a broken token indeed. That's it. I just want to end it there. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't want to come across. I don't even know the right way to say this. We've talked about a lot of stuff in both industries, board games and video games, um, that many people would associate with me too, uh, which I think is a fair association to a degree. It kind of started this movement 
and calling out um, unacceptable behavior, to say the least. Um, not to downplay it at all, but I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what happened here and then some of the, well, the repercussions. So a former employee came out last week accusing Greg Spence, who was the CEO of Broken Token, for many years of sexual, mental, and emotional abuse. And it is documented in a Medium article, which you can find um, online uh, on Twitter if you want to look. Uh, it shouldn't be too hard to find. Or on medium.com. Uh, I think it's .com, right? Uh, or just Google Medium website. And if it's a net or whatever, it'll come up. Uh, where, uh, you know, I don't want to get into, like, this is something that if you want to read about it, I encourage you to do it so you can form an opinion, but I don't need to uh, drag the story out if you're not interested. I do think it's important to read, though, and see how this is not as uncommon as people think, uh, where we just had this happen with uh, J.R. Honeycutt last year and other people in the board gaming industry. And unfortunately, if you are in board game circles like I am on Twitter, you see it happen all the time. Um, Suzanne from Dice Tower is incredible um, at calling people out on this, as well as like Elizabeth Hargrave and Danny uh, Lowe and, and all these people who are out there uh, fighting the good fight uh, against this stuff. But uh, yeah. So the story came out and it the first thing that happened was a company called Evil Hat um said that they will no longer be working with Broken Token and not I think maybe a day later, maybe two, um Isaac Childress uh of Gloomhaven, Fame, Fasthaven, uh he uh you know issued a tweet saying sexual assault and harassment has no place in this industry. And Cephalo Fair Games is committed to making it safe for everyone. We're exploring options regarding the inserts sold during Frosthaven Kickstarter, as well as other Broken Token obligations. And we'll have more news soon. Uh, more than more news uh, kind of came in the form of a Kickstarter update for Frosthaven, where Isaac basically said, like, hey, I know you guys paid like a hundred bucks or more for this Frosthaven insert. And they were doing a lot of work with it. Um, to this point where, at least of, as of now, they're seeking alternative um, ways to get that to the backers. I I, I think if there is a um, leadership change in Broken Token, maybe this could be worked out. I guess it would just depend on like the financial aspects of it. Is this guy going to be getting money off of this still? which is a more difficult conversation for people to have and and probably not working out in the favor. I think it could work out in where it probably is not possible. Uh, well, I, I just to interject really quick. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. Cause like Greg Spence right. like is broken. Token. He is broken token. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So maybe we'll go to someone like, um, Oh shoot. I have it right here. Um, folded space. Or Meeple Realty or somebody like that who just steps in and says, like, hey, we can do that and we'll do it better. 
and and we'll get right on it. Like we'll see, but um, I don't know. It's really, it's really kind of crazy that this stuff. And I, I hesitate to say it's still happening, right? Because this ha- has this happened in the past. Um, I know it is still happening. I'm sure it is, right? Unfortunately, we see the Blizzard Activision stuff. Um, but if you read, I'll say this: if you read the article from Medium, um, the the woman who wrote it says she, she decided to speak up because she found out it happened to somebody else, right? And that's like this big nightmare situation for people who survived these kinds of situations. Right. They get out. They're so happy to get out. I'm just assuming. Like, obviously, I can't be in that situation currently. But, like, they get out. They're happy they're out. They try to move on with their lives to a degree. And then this person finds out, if I, maybe, if I had said something, this wouldn't have happened to this other person. Or in, like, other cases with big profile people, many other people. Um, so it's like, I don't know, it's horrible to read and I have so much sympathy, if that's even the right word for this woman. And like, I feel terrible that she had to go through this and to broken token and Greg Spence issuing a, I guess a statement, um, which I think is kind of crazy that in his statement he writes more allegations might be raised. What right. a ballsy thing to write. Yeah. Um, but to then follow it up by saying I will take all allegations seriously and address them in the most straightforward, transparent manner possible. So he says he'll answer it transparently, but his reaction to the medium article isn't transparent at all in fact it's very dismissive of the claim and okay so i'm not this is where i'm gonna get in trouble and i don't mean to get in trouble but here's what i want to say what could what could he should he say and i don't believe that he's innocent but if he was because I'm thinking of like Chris Hardwick, someone people threw in the trash right away after the Me Too stuff that happened. I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just using it as like, well, this is where my brain went. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what to do. And he kind of basically said the same thing without saying anything like, I didn't do these things and I'm working on figuring things out. And then he kind of stepped away from his jobs, which this guy's not doing, which maybe he should, uh, but to come back, right? And in in the face of the allegation of what he d- he did or didn't do, I the thing that I posted in our just our Discord was like, I'm just curious, I'm just wondering, is there a scenario where Cephalophere Games acted too quickly? When when in these situations do we like see? There's no way for me to say this the right way, but 
in a world where someone could say someone did something and they didn't do it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that she's lying at all. In fact, everything she wrote is, seems to be very coherent and thoughtful mm-hmm. and and noted. And like, I have no reason to not believe her. And I do believe her. But I'm just wondering, and I don't expect you to give me an answer, but I just like... Wondering, like in the situ, in these things, like as Aziz Ansari and Chris Hardwick are the two people that come to mind. Um, when I think of like this type of movement forward, and like, sure, they probably were uh, uh, jerks because I we aren't we don't swear in the show, but right. they're probably exponentially jerks to the people they were with, but um. Where where is that? Ugh, see, I keep I keep wanting to yell at myself because I'm like Josh, you're you're an idiot. He's more of a than a jerk. He is probably what this woman's saying he did. Yeah. Um. So maybe if I if I try to like divorce myself from this specific grouping, there's no way around it because I don't want it to sound like. I'm defending sexual assault because I clearly am not. <laughs> I'm not friends with people because they cheated on other friends of mine. That's how seriously I take these things. Mm-hmm. Who weren't married, they just cheated. Like, I won't talk to them ever because I don't have a tolerance for that. So I, want, I guess I'm saying that to defend myself preemptively. <laughs> Kyle, shed some light on this for me. Where, Where's my head at? Where should I be at? Okay, Josh. So what here's are your what I'll thoughts say. on this? Yeah, here's what I'll say. So at this point, Arcane Wonders, Evil Hat Productions, Floodgate Games, Greater Than Games, Yellow, Gray Fox, and Cephalofair have all basically cut ties with Broken Token. Now, <clears throat> from the question of like, did they make decisions too fast? Here's what I would say. Number one, you were able to say Chris Hardwick and Aziz Ansari. Would you say that both of those people are just fine in their careers today? No. Aziz Ansari, I would argue, is. Yeah. No, he's not. You don't think so? No, he he's not. He can't even be in his own show anymore. And his own show tanked because he wasn't part of it. But he just what? did a stand-up special. When? Like last year, he had a stand-up special right before COVID. No. Yes, he did. No way. Talking specifically about the allegations. Really? How did yes. I miss that? I don't know, but he totally <laughs> did one. Uh, well, then I, I did not see that. Yeah. So I I'm think shocked. Yeah, so I think for the most part, Chris Hardwick is he's sorry. And I think the big thing to note there, too, is that, okay, did either of them, I think both of them probably, like you said, were actually being jerks. Maybe they didn't do oh, anything yeah. that they should, you know, but not great people or not nice people, I should say, right? So that's one of the big things I think is important is that when we we worry about, like, did people move too fast? Did people say things too, too fast? From the public, the, the situations that we can identify in those situations those people have mostly recovered it it has not taken too long where they have gotten back on back with moving with their careers and even in situations where there have been proven things that have happened people are still back and doing their jobs right so like i i don't know that we really get into the what about the people who this doesn't happen to and also the big thing is is we have two kind of examples that allegations came out and there's two people we can think of that maybe those allegations weren't 100% accurate, right? Two. That's it. Two. Yeah. 
the other thing to keep in mind for me with all of this is the fact that I don't know that there is a situation for them to move too fast, especially based off of the, the response and from the CEO, yeah. right? Basically, his defense was, well, I thought it was consensual. Here's the problem. When you are someone's boss and you control their hours, their pay, and all of those other things, it yeah. can it in and of itself immediately is like there is a power differential there that is going to lead to non-consensual things happening or people feeling obligated or coerced or like they have to do something. Right. Otherwise, they're not going to get paid. They're not going to get out, whatever it might be. Right. So as a company, if I'm like, well, here's the way you're running your company and this is what you think is OK, I'm not cool with that. Like, right. I don't think there's any reason, even if everything she said wasn't true. The fact that that is how he is running his company for yeah. me would be enough to say, yo, I'm not I don't want to do business with this because you clearly have issues as a professional understanding what where that line is, where the professional line is and, and how you should run your business professionally. Yeah. yeah. Now, with that being said, based off his response and the fact that he's like, yeah, probably more allegations are company are coming. I am going to go out on a limb and probably believe her. Yes. No, that play, that part I do. I 100% think it's, it's a terrible, like, a stupid thing to write. But the, when you were talking about that, um, when you brought up the, the, um, that weird thing that she, like, said he was doing, the, I only was referring to the part where he says, I do so with complete confidence that none of those accusations are true. So he was saying that none of that happened. I don't think he was, like, admitting, like, hey, yeah, I totally, like said, you work for me with no pay now. Like, I I don't not believe her story. I'm just saying, like, when his address was, like, none of the accusations are true, then for people to drop them, I thought was, I don't know, too, I don't, I, there's no way I could say this without sound, feeling, like, bad about it, but I just feel like, if you if someone said something about you and you came out and said none of that's true, or you said something like you know what I really need you to some, spend some time and reflect on what I've done, which obviously he did not say that. Right. Um. That would be more of the like I don't like I I admit to doing what I did. Whereas like just flat out denying it. But that's that's only the second barely paragraph of his thing and then to end it with more allegations might be raised is like the icing on the sh on the on the crap cake like yeah may maybe you do sound like super guilty dude like why would you say something like that because realistically john like all these companies what do they owe broken token no i mean they don't owe them anything broken tokens making money off of other board rights right right yes so you're right and in, in that regard I think every other company that didn't raise a $16 million Kickstarter definitely cut it. I get it. <laughs> right. I do get it. Um, but Isaac is one man, and his yeah. game is could be crippled by a broken token now. It could be. If I mean, and that's his... And, and what I will say that about this is it does stay true to Isaac's vision... Yeah. Of what he wants board gaming to be. Yep. Because Absolutely. of how much crap he got over the Black Lives Matter stuff um, and the inclusivity and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm i not, I guess, necessarily surprised by his 
um, reaction. I guess maybe it comes more from a worry for him than anything else. Oh, a worry about... For me, for him and Frosthaven. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but realistically, like... Plus shipping. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, But how, you know, like, even with, like, the Black Lives Matter situation, how many people canceled the pre-orders? No, I agree, but um, that was based off of... Well, one was based off of Black Lives Matter. Two was based off of changing the storyline right because of like indigenous peoples or or racism but but none of that costs backers money Mm -hmm. but now you're taking a hundred dollars out of every backer's hands potentially that backed at that level and i i just i think people are more shallow than maybe they are (laughs) uh i think that this is gonna make like more people are going to just be mad about it. Not not at him necessarily, but also worse, not at broken token and probably more mad at him. And he said in the latest update though, that like, Hey, like I will get you an update about where this is going to be. Yeah. And if you want a refund, that's fine. I understand, but just please wait until I give you that update. Yeah. So yeah. he's willing to give all those people their money back. No, and and I know. That's, that's, what my worry. People. that's what my worry is for him. Right, but I, I you mean, see I, we see like the margins for Kickstarter and what yeah. what what like uh, creators are making, mm-hmm. and he could end up losing money off of a sixteen million dollar Kickstarter. Well, right, but do you do you think though that the money for the insert was specifically for the insert? You know what I'm saying? Like, right? No, I know what you're saying, and also I would argue my argument about the money. I don't want that to come across as me saying what he's doing is wrong. Right. I, like, I he's doing the right thing. I just yeah. worry for Cephalofair. Yeah. I. You're right. No, I, I, I can understand that. And honestly, in this whole situation, maybe I am wrong. I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think you're wrong because you don't want to put out, you know, you don't want him to put out a game where we find out this dude did this to 10 women. Right. Even no, even one is too much. But right. I mean, the point is, like, if if there are more women and these more accusations come out, and he isn't innocent as he's claiming to be, do you really feel comfortable putting your frost haven back into the box in a broken token insert that right you find? Like, I have my broken token insert for Gloomhaven. Yeah. Like, is that something that you like? No one's gonna feel. Well, that's not true. People people are just gonna tone it out and not care, but really if that's the case nobody should be using a broken token insert right because but i don't know there's so many i have so many thoughts because i keep thinking about all the people who are actually spending their job making these inserts he's not doing it yeah he's not sitting there laser cutting or designing the designs for frost haven it's his employees like right these are the people who are going to suffer for sure they definitely are they 100 percent, they are but at the same time you know that he is and this is one of those situations where he is still directly benefiting from the yeah. you know and i i understand what your initial statement though josh of like okay accusations come out like wh- where is the line between acting uh, quickly to say like hey we support um 
the person in the situation who obviously went through some very hard time, like we support them, um, we believe them and we want to, you know, put our, you know, for lack of a better word, our money where our mouth is and showing that yeah. like, where's the line between that and the line between somebody being able to defend themselves. I, I think that in most cases, in most situations, if someone truly really like, this statement that he released in no way gave me confidence that what she said was not true. Oh, no. I you know what I'm saying? Yes, so I, I think that's kind of where you, you know, you can kind of draw the line of like, what is that response like? How quickly does that response come? Um, yeah. and, and just kind of gauge from there. And, you know, like, are we ever going to truly, truly know? I mean, sometimes it's hard to know depending on the situation, but I think very, very rarely have we ever seen situations um, where what you know a a woman in the situation has said isn't true like that doesn't right. happen very very often at all so i, I agree with that yes. you know so i i think you're typically in a pretty good situation if you if you just believe them you know and like i said in those few situations that we could think of where uh those weren't maybe completely accurate uh the men in those situations you know have come out okay now in private, smaller situations, I have no idea, right? Like, right. I don't know if there's, you know, there may be someone somewhere who that didn't work out that way, but. Yeah, yeah. If only, uh, if only there was like some place, like some island where you could send men like this to jail and then just transfer their money somewhere else <laughs> Are you for the rest to, like... of their lives. <laughs> Are you trying to like, you know, when like uh like video game companies will be like, oh, like in this multiplayer game, you're a cheater, so we only match you with like other people who are cheating. Yeah, like just so, put all yeah. like men like this on an island together. Yeah, it's, it's like some island you could I mean, like you could call it like, I don't know, um like Guantanamo Island or something. Oh, and geez. you would just like they just make games for each other, but everyone cheats in the games and and Every one of them has to suffer the penalty of what they did to other people to maybe teach them a lesson. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I don't know if that would really teach them anything, unfortunately. Probably so. not. Awesome. All right. Well, anything else about uh, Broken Token, Josh? Uh, um, I would just say this. If, if my ramblings came off as anything but supportive for the victim, uh, that was not my intention, and I don't believe that. So, uh, I, I was just trying to figure out the logistics of it all. Well, and that's always, you know, a challenge when, when, um, talking about challenging and and sensitive topics is ensuring that you have the words put together in a way that are, um, (laughs) getting your point (laughs) across, well, getting your point across, but still trying to be like sensitive and understanding, you know, and asking, Questions that can be hard to talk about in an effective way and in a way that everyone's on the same page about what your intention is and where you're coming from. And that's hard. I mean, there's no getting around that. So I know where your heart is at, though, Josh. So I understand that that is not good. After 200 episodes, I would hope everyone knows where (laughs) I actually lie on that matter. So. All right, Josh, we're actually just going to move right on to your second topic, if that's cool with you. Oh, did I talk too long? And no, you're fine. You're fine. We're thing? just gonna move right on to your second topic. It's because I know the last topic is gonna take quite a bit of time. So it is. Uh, oh crap! I feel bad. Well, why don't no? Don't feel bad. Do it's fine. Yours and then don't do mine. But yours, I want to talk about more than mine, even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, sure, Kyle. But can we afford to return to the dark tower? I ask. In I don't my, know. I always write these things from my subject lines. 
and I always feel weird about reading them because I feel like I'm just writing them for you. Uh, so uh, the, I would say, much anticipated uh, Return to Dark Tower board game from Restoration Games is now the second at least notable or noted price change since shipping containers have increased in price. Uh, Return to Dark Tower, if people don't remember, is a one to four player game. It has been restored from Restoration Games from an old 1980s board game that was an electronic uh, of its time uh, board game. Not nearly as um, intricate or technical, technologically advanced as the new uh, game coming out, which has been extensively tested at many cons and blah, blah, blah. Really, what this comes down to is they're going to ask $190 for this board game. So I wanted to ask you, thinking about not Kickstarter, but the last time you went into whether it be like a Barnes & Noble or even bought a game on Amazon or walked into your local FLGS, can you remember the most you spent on a board game? That's a really good question. I mean, I think the most I spent on a board game, I mean, would be a Kickstarter is when I bought back Frosthaven and Gloomhaven. Yeah, but in a store, not Kickstarter. Yeah, so that's what I, so when you just say most, that's like what comes to mind yeah. right away. In store... I think the most expensive game I bought was the Civilization board game. Okay. And I think it was like 80 bucks. I think that's the most I've spent in store on a board game. Okay. And for me, I think it's was I think it's been a hundred might be the most I've spent in store on a board game. Mm-hmm. And that was Horizon Zero Dawn. Gotcha. Um and there's probably been one or two others at that same price point. I don't think I've ever spent more than a hundred in a board game. So can you imagine spending double what you've spent the most of in an FLGS? And I think one of my biggest worries for this is are game stores going to take that risk at putting so I was in my local FLGS uh last week. And they had the Descent, the giant big box for one seventy five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had two of them just, you know, sitting there. And I'm like, oh boy, if they just if these things sit here. They also had a Kickstarter, the Power Rangers Kickstarter, an all in pledge that was mm-hmm. like sold to them. They didn't buy it because it's like boxed up for like three hundred dollars. Dang. Sitting in the used game area. <laughs> dang, dang. So dang. I always think about um, price points when I visit like my local store. You know, you're not going to walk into a Barnes & Noble and find a board game over 80 bucks. It's not going to happen. I think right. Beasts of Balance might be the first game I saw at a Barnes & Noble that was $100. Yeah. And that they clearance that up. Um, so what do you think this does to return to Dark Tower, at least retail-wise? I think it hurts. I mean, charging one hundred ninety dollars is is tough. And even, I mean, almost no matter how the, good the game is, that that's a tough price to swallow. Like, I don't know because the Kickstarter I think was one twenty five is what you could get in at. Yeah. Um. And even there, I was like, ooh, it's a little rich. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to spend one hundred twenty five dollars. But now, what? I mean, basically, you know, two hundred bucks once we talk taxes and all that good stuff. I. Josh, I don't know what situation I'd be in where I'd want to buy that game. Like that game would have to be so good 
that like I can't I can't even fathom you know the the quality and the experience like it has to be number one game on board game geek type best game like top yeah. 10 game something like that to make me even think about biting at that price um which is weird though because like i said I, i've paid quite a bit for games on kickstarter before but typically those were i guess those were games that were in those situations like you have gloomhaven number one of all time you know seventh continent was pretty spendy but again a game that's in like the top 20 or whatever it is uh it, it's gonna take a lot for me to to bite on this game what about for you josh are you are you gonna bite on this game when it's in the store he doesn't have me worried about this um you something that happened recently is that uh target started carrying fireball island Mm -hmm. it's 34 dollars. yeah we both paid a hundred dollars for fireball Island. yeah we did it's 34 dollars a target you got the expansions i do know that um i didn't and i still paid 80 dollars in my flgs for the base game just with a little expansion uh pack and different colored marbles. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh so I just worry um I love everything Restoration Games does, right? Yeah. They make good games. But th- is this going what the first thing I think of is is this going to make them second guess doing a big project because this obviously was a huge project for them that's why it was a kickstarter but we were in target yesterday and i saw downforce and it is the box is half the size now it's 10 bucks cheaper yeah and it shows all the cars and in the front in like a plastic covering so you see what the cars look like in the game which is clearly a marketing thing to be like hey this isn't just a board game. It has cars or or whatever, like right. and in like and like a reason to buy it. You can get Fireball Island for less than Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion or the same price as the Goonies game. Like, <laughs> where? Like, I guess my biggest question is where is Return to Dark Tower going to be in six months? Yeah, and that is probably where I would consider buying it because I can't. Imagine I maybe maybe I'm crazy today. <laughs> I can't imagine this being more than a hundred dollars after six months. I was gonna say, how much would you pay for it? I you know I probably would pay one twenty five retail based off of watching the Kickstarter and seeing how much work they put into it. Um, one twenty five wasn't crazy to me. I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll trade some board games like i'll sell some board games to them and then buy it or i'll save up or i'll ask for it for christmas but 190 i mean you're you're almost at a video game console yeah you're i mean you are yeah you are pushing With, that that, is that has sure. free games on it like <laughs> yeah. you could just download fortnite for free <laughs> so and now fortnite is among us also something i didn't include in this week's stories <laughs> but you also get other free games inside fortnite um but I also worry that, like I said earlier, like I-, I want to give them money because they work so hard on this. Like it's like when I buy, I pl- I play we played Apex. I loved Apex so much. I was like, this is going to be the first free to play game I buy the battle pass for because I want to support them. Right? I want them to get money. Not that they need my twenty bucks, but like, what if they do? 
So I'd right. rather just do it. So I've given Apex at least the value of a $60 game already. So in a world where we have Redemption Jack Tower, um, I can't just put 40 bucks aside at my FLGS for it. It has to be, you know, $190. And that's MSRP. So you can go to your FLGS. It could be 150 It could be 220 You don't even yeah. know what the price is going to be. Especially if it comes with, like, Kickstarter bonuses. Like, they could be ch- selling it for 250 bucks. <laughs> well, and, you know, who knows when they're actually going to get it. Right. And that's, that is... So, and yeah, that's a whole nother problem. And we've, we've started to see, um, our listener, Joe, he backed, um, the, um, vindication sequel, uh, the planet one. I can't, mm-hmm. the name escapes me. Yeah, I know. I, you know, and, and they're sending out updates saying like, Hey, like, we're just going to have to ship these out when we can. Like we have the containers, but we can't send them all at once. So our backers aren't going to get them all at the same time, which puts maybe um, or turn to Dark Tower in that whole Marvel United situation where maybe some backers get it before others, but some people will be able to buy it in stores before other backers get it. Yeah. Well, and that was even though the update from um, from Frosthaven was we're just going to sit on it. Until prices come down, because yeah. we can't, you know. But I but, think I, I think that situation, people are okay waiting. Yeah. Because yeah, so it'll be interesting. And I know even in the Return to Dark Tower update, it talked about how they have to rent like offsite storage because pan- the manufacturer can't like keep the games, but they also can't get containers. So then they have to like rent offsite storage to just store these completed games until they can afford to get a container to ship them. Yeah, it's crazy. It's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, realistically, we were lucky to last this long post-pandemic for this to happen. Yeah. So um, it's a bummer for them, though. And, you know, I love restoration games and what they do. So it kind of stinks to see it happen. Um, As a side note, Josh, uh, that Civilization board game I was talking about, uh, if you want a new copy of it on Amazon right now, $219.99. Whoa, do I have that game? I should look. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Okay. Well, with that, listener, we're going to transition over. And, you know, Josh, I don't think this 90-minute episode is going to happen this week. I think we're going to go a little Sorry, Donnie. Donnie called us out. He made Um, Yeah, he did. He called (laughs) us out, and he was right. So we're not going to make it there. But... It is time for Metafall 2021. Your favorite Metacritic prediction show is back. And I know there are a whole bunch of fancy fantasy critic options out there. But hey, you know what? We're different. And we're a little bit better, I think, because we let you pick the score (laughs) for every game. You don't have to worry about your draft position and and what games are going to be taken before you. No, 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 no. We want to know your thoughts, your prediction for every game on our list. And the better you are at predicting the score, the more accurate you are at predicting the score. Uh, that's going to lead you to winning Meta Fall 2021. So here is a brief synopsis, dear listener, of how this contest works if you're not familiar. Basically, Josh and I will go through. We have 10 games plus a tiebreaker of games that are currently scheduled to be released this fall for different video game consoles and systems around I was going to say around the globe, but I don't know why that doesn't make any sense. Well, anyway, they are around the globe. They are around <laughs> the globe. But 
So what your job is, listener, is to try to guess as accurately as you can the Metacritic score for these games. For example, one of the games on the list is Deathloop, the PlayStation 5 PC exclusive that's coming out here on September 14th. If you guess that that game is going to get an 85 and then the game gets an 87, you would get two points. Um, So really, since you're two points off, you'd earn two points and the lowest score over the 10 games is going to win. Now, some important caveats to all of this good stuff. Number one is that every game that's on the list, um, there is a date that the game has to be released by. So everything that is currently on here, save one, has a current release date. Um, We just need to ensure that the game releases by um, December 10th. So that is the final date. So if a game gets delayed that's on the list but still comes out by December 10th, it will still be included um, in the contest. Um, and you might say, what do I win, Kyle, if I am super accurate with my guesses as far as scores go? Um, the first place winner will receive a $60 gift card to Amazon. Second oh. place will get a $30 gift card to Amazon. And the third place slash – I shouldn't say third place. First place, second place, $60, $30. And then the person who gets the most game scores exactly right – who hasn't already won a prize, would get a $20 gift card to Amazon. Um, if for some reason that person who has gotten the most re- games exact um, has already won a prize, then Josh and I together will pick up a new category, new reason, new um, way to give out that $20 prize. So it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you can enter, listener, if you'd like to, by 11.59 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, September 5th. Um, to enter, all you need to do is go to bit.ly slash Metafall 2021. So that's bit.ly slash M-E-T-A-F-A-L-L 2021. Um, just make sure that's all lowercase. Uh, then it'll take you to a little Google form. You fill that out, plug in your scores, and that's all you need to do. should only take you 60 seconds or so, and you can be entered to win some great prizes. Josh, is there anything that I missed in my Metafall explanation? Uh, No. Just know that whether you win or lose, Kyle and I are only competing against ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Josh and I compete against each other. Uh, We always end up losing, quote-unquote, but for us it's about who wins between the two of us. Uh, But dear listener, we definitely want you to win. And we want you to participate. So, like I said, bit.ly slash Metafall 2021. Please go ahead there. Enter your enter the contest. Like I said, it only takes 60 seconds. Um, and that way you are entered to win some awesome prizes. We will announce the winners uh, after the first show after that December 10th date. Um, so it'll be a little bit. You know, we'll give usually we give one update typically throughout the fall um, to kind of let you know where things are at. But with that, Josh, um, yeah. let's jump into it. it I gave is. us way less information this time than I usually oh. do. Because I, I just want us to go with our guts, go with our feelings, not do so much research and just feel, sure. f- let us know how we feel about things. So the first game on the docket yeah. is Life is Strange True Colors coming out September 10th on basically everything. Um, so Josh, Life is Strange, what do you think True Colors, how do you think this game is going to do? What are your thoughts? Well, I definitely don't have Metacritic open right now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so uh, I know that Life is Strange is uh, typically very well received. It also yes. has a very, very strong fan base. Mm-hmm. But I know it also like hasn't like outshined like yearly competitors when it comes out. It's usually like a high tier 
mid-range game. Does that even make sense? If it does to you, that's all that matters, Josh. Between 80 and 100, it's a mid-tier game. <laughs> uh, this one is taking, the, I think, the format in a different way, though. So I don't really know how to guess. So I think my, my safe guess okay, is I'm Josh going with an 82. 82 for him for Life is Strange. Uh, I'm a fan of Life is Strange. Uh, I know not as much as like Donnie and other people, but I do enjoy the series. Uh, I'm really interested and like the fact that they are releasing everything together. So you can just sit down and play the entire game from start to finish. Uh, that quote unquote episodes still exist, but you don't have to wait between them if you don't want to. Uh, and I'm excited about what they're doing. It looks like, you know, they've overhauled their engine, it looks like. They definitely have updated some graphics, and, and supposedly controls are a little bit different and a little more intuitive and, and a little better than they have been in the past. Uh, you know, this this is an interesting game because it, it touches on things that most other games don't and and i always appreciated that about it uh and i'm confident i'm feeling good about this one so i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna put some separation between us right away josh i'm going Ooh. with an 87 for life is strange true colors okay i think it's gonna be pretty solid this fall i think that they're gonna folks are really gonna enjoy it um and i think this is gonna be kind of helping establish life is strange moving forward as a as a, a franchise we're gonna continue to get games out of and, and be excited about all right, next on the list then, a brand new IP, uh, but a game we've seen a whole bunch, Deathloop coming September 14th, the PlayStation 5 and PC from those fine folks over at uh, whatever that Bethesda owned studio is. I can't remember. Zenimax. I'm kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> why can't, Arcane. I'm like, why am I blanking on the name of the studio? Arcane. So Arcane's working on this game, um, you know, <laughs> making a game for PlayStation, even though they're owned by Xbox. Uh, Josh. A, are you, did you enjoy the Dishonored games, and are you excited? I think we've talked about this a little. Well, I know we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on Deathloop? Okay, so I did close Metacritic. Uh, all these will be instinctually now. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't play Dishonored uh, when they came out. I did try playing it recently, and it was, for me, horrible experience. Uh, okay. But that's just because it's an older game. Like, I, you know, my standards are too high based on what everyone was saying. I get, I definitely get the appeal of those games. I I just missed out on it. The different approach to situations it reminds me of Deus Ex a little bit, at least in theory. Um, but it is also uh, it is also a Bethesda game, which means I need to take five points off of the score. I think it will get based on Bethesda history. So I am. I'm guessing that loop is interesting because while it definitely shares at least what I would say a lot of uh, death, uh, sorry, um, uh, the game you just told me about, and now I can't remember it. That's how important it is to me. That's dishonored. Dishonored it has like it feels like a lot of like what I see dishonored gameplay is like. It's also dealing with a different type of gameplay that we haven't seen at least from Bethesda. Um, so I'm guessing a 75. I think I might be a little optimistic, but I took off five points from the negative Bethesda point score. Dang. Okay. So, you know, Dishonored 1 and Dishonored 2, no matter how much maybe those games didn't sell well, uh, critics love them. Yeah. Uh, the critics really enjoyed those games. They're games that are really regularly talked about as being fun, unique, like immersive storytelling in, done in a different way. And though this is a Bethesda game, you know, it is Arcane who's making it. So, yeah. and 
they do some pretty cool stuff. And since critics tend to like Arcane, I'm going to go the opposite direction of you, Josh. I think Deathloop is going to get a 90. Well, uh, that could just have made or make or break it for you or, or me. made or break it for you. Yeah, we'll have that's to wait a and big see. swing. It is a big swing. And the only reason I say that is I, I a 90 like I said, for Deathloop. I, that's what now I'm not saying that I'm going to love it. I was going to say, did you see this in video really enjoy, <laughs> Yeah. Critics seem to enjoy the work that Arcane has done in the past. Now I'll be honest. I don't remember how the prey reboot did as for, with critics. I just don't remember. But I yeah. know people really love Dishonored. Um, and I can't remember if it's Arcane Leon or Arcane Aust. I can't remember which one is which. But anyway, I- I'm being optimistic about this fall. I'm gonna most of my scores are gonna be pretty high. I think I think okay. it's gonna be a good fall for games. So Deathloop, big swing, I'm going 90. Next game on the list, then, is a, a game that I'm sure Josh is going to give a 92 at least. Uh, and that's <laughs> Far Cry 6 coming out October 7th on, again, everything, basically, yeah. uh, other than Switch. Uh, but really coming to otherwise pretty much everything else, including Mac. I mean, they even put that on there. Mac? Uh, Josh, I know you <laughs> love Far Cry 5. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here with Far Cry 6? Okay, so the big thing for far cry 6 is the acting at least so far so we have Giancarlo esposito being the the big bad in this one so you're you're bringing face with it so you also not only do you have the bad all bad guy from breaking bad but you have the bad guy from the mandalorian so you have these like sub genres of geekdom coming together to play a video game um, I get, I I'm guessing a ninety. You nailed it. Like that's exactly what I wrote down. Um, I I probably if we did Metafall for Far Cry Five, I probably gave Far Cry Five higher, and I'm learning my lesson to lower it a little bit. <laughs> um, but I still think I way over guessed Far Cry Five. Uh, but I just this is a. A vote from the heart more than the brain. Josh, if nothing else, these, we're we're separating ourselves from each other this time, unlike always. So this is going to be <laughs> you put a hundred. No, definitely not. <laughs> so Far Cry Six, I you know how much no matter how much crud I get for not liking Far Cry Five, <laughs> I liked it. I just didn't love it like apparently everyone at PSVG did. But the one thing that I think is going to continue to dog Far Cry is people are going to rate it based on what it isn't. Right. And that's what happened with Far Cry 5. That people, the critics rated it based off what the game was. The political game I was promised. (laughs) So I think that's going to happen with Far Cry 6. I think they're going to, again, rate it for quote unquote missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, So I am going to say 79 for Far Cry 6. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I think it'll be better than that, but that's what I'm guessing as far as the Metacritic score. All right, Josh, this next game is going to be your first opportunity to give a bump to a game just because, you know, uh, that's Metroid Dread coming out October 8th on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, We know you and your famous bump for Nintendo games. So how do you think Metroid Dread is going to do? Let's be clear. I have no responsibility over the Nintendo bump. (laughs) That is the biased journalist in game reviewing. (laughs) Uh Let's leave it at that. Okay, okay. (laughs) If I was going to guess Metroid Dread, I would guess a 70. I'm guessing an 85. 
Are you excited about this game? No. <laughs> okay. All uh, right. I don't. Uh, everything I saw, um, it doesn't scream 2D side-scrolling Metroid to me. It's not Super Metroid. It's not Metroid. It looks like this weirdly over-polished 2D side-scroller, and it made me think more of, like, um, like the Bionic Commander reboot or or the Double Dragon to bring it back to the top of the show reboot. Like, it just doesn't seem right to me. And I and I hope I'm wrong because I know there's a lot of Metroid fans out there, but I don't I don't see anything that I'm excited about with this game. Yeah, I think one of two things could happen with Metroid Dread is that people are really excited for a new 2D Metroid. So I think either they are going to revel in the gloriousness of it or be very disappointed like i think it's gonna right. be one of the two things um i am going to bank on again because i'm going to be positive about games this year uh this fall i'm going to bank on people reveling in greatness <laughs> so i'm going to go ahead and go just a touch higher than you and i'm going to go with an 87 okay. for metroid dread our first safe bet between the two of us <laughs> well we'll see what happens maybe we're all wrong and it's a 65 we'll have to wait and see oh. i'm hoping we're reveling in greatness though kind of like marvel's avengers when we did that last time yeah. all right so the next game on the list is a game i have no idea what in the world to think of uh yeah. coming out october 12th back for blood coming to playstation xbox and pcs and all that good stuff now yeah. this you know from the folks who worked on left for dead in the past uh there's been a beta that josh have you played in, you played in the beta yes Correct. I played in the beta as well. I have no idea what to pick for this game. I have a a place where my heart is kind of thinking, but Josh, what do you, what do you think about Back for Blood? How do you think it's going to do when it comes out on X, October twelfth? Also on Game Pass. Well, I'll say this: Back for Blood, the beta is exactly Left for Dead. Unfortunately, yes. I think it's too exactly Left for Dead. Okay. It's and. I don't think that that is a bad thing, but I think for reviews, it's a bad thing. Because Left 4 Dead 2, you still have to pay $20 to buy. And it is a, it is a very popular, still very uh, high-selling game. I think in a world where you have Left 4 Dead 2, you and you are regularly playing it, you don't need Back for Blood. And I think that could be a problem for this game. So do based on the beta, do I want to give it an 85 as a guess? Yeah, I do, because I think it's going to be more Left 4 Dead. It's going to be Left 4 Dead that the people who played World War Z and didn't like it wanted. But also World War Z is a whole different game, and it's a little bit more in-depth than this game. So I'm guessing a 77. Whoa, that is not what I thought you were going to say, Josh. I thought you were going to still be over that eight mark. Now I got to decide if I was going to go with what I was going to go with or not, because it's pretty close to your score. <laughs> uh, I did enjoy my time with Back for Blood. I only played it a couple times. The thing that happened to me, though, and this is probably coloring my score here a little bit, is both times I got into games and then partway through all three of the other people quit. And then I had really? just, and then I just had bots with me the rest of the time oh. who were real bad at aiming at things. Let me tell you. So that's part of it that I I don't know. And let me say, I assume they quit. It was a beta. Maybe they got disconnected. I don't know. That is, is calling my experience a little bit because I think this game with friends would be amazing. 
but I think this game by yourself or in a group that maybe isn't working well together, I, I think is going to suffer a little bit as these games do, right? That's kind of the way these games go. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with what I was going to do, Josh, and I'm going to go with a 78. Okay. So we're right there. Kind of our thoughts on it. Both. I think we'll think the game is probably more fun than that, but probably is going to score a little lower just because of style of game that it is. Yeah. So. All right. The next game on the list is the game that you and I both identified as a, Game that might get delayed, so we'll have to see what happens here. But that's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy coming to everything um, on October 26th. Josh, are you excited about this game? What are your thoughts on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? I am excited for it. Uh, I'm excited because it, I think, is more of an Avengers game than the Avengers game. Yeah. It is a single player story game and i kind of wish avengers was that um but i love my time with the avengers i I don't want to be clear about that however uh guardians of the galaxy is going to thrive or barely survive on its story mode and if people aren't clear that they can only be Star-Lord, going to be a problem. If people don't like the combat from Avengers, it's going to be a problem. So I really feel like uh, out of all the games we've talked about uh, so far, this is the game that has the most uphill battle for it. Because not only are you dealing with a niche um, base, but now you also have to satisfy that base. And and the same people that were complaining that the Avengers don't look the same are already on day one started complaining that Star-Lord doesn't look the same. Right. Because they don't read comics. Or look at comics, even. (laughs) So that's easy for me to get by. I don't trust the the base, so I'm guessing 72 based off of people review bombing it. People being people being the reviewers I'm, review bombing. Well, it? not review bombing it. I'm basing it off of reviewers saying this isn't the Star Lord I know. Gotcha. This is a tough one because I want to like this game and it's doing a lot of the things like you had said that I, I wanted Marvel's Avengers to do, where you are playing as one character but can like do combo abilities with, you know, the rest of your crew. And, you know, having Eidos Montreal make this, it's interesting because they have made some really nice games and some really fun games in their day. Um, And I think games like, you know, they did Deus Ex Human Revolution and Deus Ex Mankind Divided, but they also made Thief. Yeah. And, you know, the the 2014 or whatever it was reboot. That's an old game. (laughs) Yeah, the 2014 reboot. Um, And then uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which, you know, is widely considered to be the least good of the Tomb Raider reboot games. So... I don't know. This is a tough one because I think they obviously have the chops to make a really good game. But in watching these trailers that I've seen of this game, I haven't totally been enamored with what I'm seeing. So I am. I want this game to be good. I really hope this game is good. I'm looking forward to playing it with the with um, and, and wanting to have a great time. But I am thinking it's not going to go super, super well. Your 72 is... Uh, 
pretty much where I'm thinking. But I'll go a little higher. I'll go a little bit higher to kind of put some gap there. I'm going to go 75 for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. But I hope I am very wrong. All right, Josh. The next game on the list is a game I subbed in since we talked about, you know, there's a high likelihood it sounds like that. Uh, Horizon, how does it say Zero Dawn? <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West uh, has been delayed to 2022. As a result, there was a new game recently announced with a firm release date that I thought I would sub in for it, and that is Call of Duty Vanguard coming out November 5th on all of the things other than Switch, basically. Uh, Josh, what's your history with Call of Duty, and, and what are your thoughts on Vanguard here? Uh, my history... With Call of Duty, what an interesting question. <laughs> uh, I have always liked Call of Duty for its story. I know that's controversial because people seem to like it for the multiplayer. I've also enjoyed the local multiplayer. And when we've played together, I've enjoyed it. What I do like about... Um, so since we've seen the reveal trailer... Like the whole rumor was like, hey, this is going to be World War II again, but it looks like it's uh, all different years meshed into one game and a story. So we know we have a story, right? And we know Battlefield doesn't. So now Call of Duty stands on its own as our FPS shooter with the story this year. I can't imagine they're going to change too much of their formula as far as multiplayer goes, right? So that's still going to be consistently good for people who play it. So I, my score is only based off of the campaign, and I'm going to guess an 84. Ooh, 84, nice. And I think that's a safe bet. I probably could have made a more dramatic guess in either direction, but I really think 84 is okay based off of how solid the last two campaigns were and how much I enjoyed them um, and them being able to improve that with next gen consoles. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we had this conversation in the discord after this trailer came out and no matter what you feel about call of duty. And yes, I know it was a mostly cinematic trailer, but my goodness, video game graphics, Josh. Yeah. It looks so good. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's just insane. And, like I said, I know a lot of that was was you know cutscene stuff, but there was some you know actual gameplay in there a little bit. And yeah. oh, games! Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, but you're right; it is a World War II based game um, on all four fronts, or I should say, on four fronts: uh, yeah. Pacific, Western, Eastern, and North Africa. Uh, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of tie all this together. I had talked a little bit about how I was probably off the Call of Duty train for this year, but now after reading some people <laughs> smarter than me and, and seeing their feedback about how that's actually not helpful, uh, maybe I'm back on the Call of Duty train this year because I this game I thought looked interesting and fun. Um, I always enjoy my time with Call of Duty, both the campaign and playing the multiplayer for some length of time. In past years, it was way more than it has been recently, but I still have a good time with it for a bit. Your 84, I think, is pretty spot on. Um, I think it's kind of in that ballpark of where we'll see. But again, since I'm being so positive about games this year, Josh, I am going to go all the way up to an 88. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know. Like I said, I'm, I'm being positive about games this year. It's going to be so exciting. All like right, it. Josh. Next game on the list, I, I'm guessing this is your most anticipated game of the fall? Yeah. For uh, When I found out, but this game comes out the day before our Extra Life stream. You were I, I could have jumped through my ceiling in 
my house. I was like, I'm playing this game for 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that game being Forza Horizon 5 coming out November 9th on the Xbox series of consoles and PC. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you like driving games, roomy, roomy. Uh, what are your thoughts on Forza Horizon 5? I, Kyle, I would argue I don't like driving games. In fact, I like specific driving games. Like Forza Horizon. I like detest most driving games. <laughs> Uh, there's very few driving games I enjoy. Uh, Forza Horizon and Wreckfest in this current or past generation definitely fit that. Um, if we want to take it back to like Twisted Metal and Wipeout, I guess if you consider Wipeout a driving game. Uh, there's definitely driving games I enjoy. I guess I would say I detest simulation driving games. <laughs> That's probably the more accurate description. Uh, I am so thrilled... Oh, it says November 9th. Am I did I do my math wrong? I might be wrong if I, I think it's that November fifth. Um if it's November 9th, I will be crying myself uh to sleep during extra life. Um which is okay also, because there's plenty of other games to play. <laughs> uh yes. Uh everything about Forza Horizon 5 is bigger and better than Forza Horizon 4 which is great. How can you argue with that? It looks so much prettier. It has hopefully not the same winter that I had to deal with in Forza Horizon 4 season-wise. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, I tried not to let my bias get in the way of my guess, but it did. Uh, 91 is what I'm guessing for Forza Horizon 5. 91 that's a good guess sorry i was i was fact checking so josh here's the funny thing if you google it it says november 5th okay but on xbox's site it says november 9th oh no well i'll have to email microsoft about this (laughs) (laughs) because yeah because when i looked it up i was like oh i got thrown off because i i for whatever reason thought that maybe like the fifth or something was the date too yeah. And I had looked on Game Informer's site, and that is wh- where I got the November 9th date from. But I am now literally looking at Xbox.com. Um, it says coming this November 9th, Xbox Series yeah, X. Yeah, I'm Xbox. seeing the same thing. So. Uh, oh, 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 oh. If you buy it, though, early access November 5th. That's why. I will be buying it then. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Early access November 5th if you buy a fan. Uh, oh, man. Why. What a way to. It got me all excited. I, there's no way I can't not buy it now. I can't not have it for extra life. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, because have they in the past, has it not happened where if you have Game Pass, though, you also get the early access? I feel like they did that for like years of war, didn't they? Uh, yes, I don't know. I mean, well, I guess one way or the other, either I will have it the day of Extra Life or I'll be buying it the day of Extra Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like they have done that in the past that if you have um, Game Pass that you get the early access. Yes. So. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yep, Game Pass subscribers get early access and all extra content included with Premier Edition, Premium Edition at one low price. Oh, wait, no, you do have to buy the Premium Edition then. Yeah, I guess I'll be buying it. I need to play it. Wait. That's weird. Okay, sorry, listener. I know this is a... Uh, listeners. Listeners, <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> tangent to go off of. I, I'm reading the site, and it says... 
Game Pass subscribers get early access and all the extra content included with the pre with the premium edition at one low price. So it sounds like that if you're on Pass Game Pass, price. you have to pay get the pay the fifty dollar premium add-on and then you get to play early uh that's not a low price <laughs> versus Xbox. paying get your crap together <laughs> no but if you didn't josh in order to pay in order to play november 5th if you just bought the game and didn't have game pass it's 100 bucks oh that is a low price <laughs> yeah so it's 50 bucks if you have game pass it's 50 bucks to play it early okay i mean i'm gonna spend that much in dlc anyway so i might as well do it right well right yeah because you get all the add-ons um yep so yeah You'll get the welcome pack, the car pass, the VIP membership, and two game expansions when they become Part, available. Oh, yeah. That's an easy sell. Perfect. There I paid go. more for the Hot Wheels expansion in the first <laughs> in Forza Horizon 3, so easy. Okay. Sorry, listener. I got super distracted by trying no, to No, now they're informed. Don't apologize. Stuff. Now they know. Uh, 93. Yeah, Forza Horizon 3 is going to get Whoa. 93. You're guessing over my guess for Forza? I'm guessing over your guess. Why? Because I like Forza more than you. Well, I'm going to be embarrassed if that's you're not right. True I'm wrong. That's not true at all. <laughs> all right, Josh. Next game on the list then is a game that you're not excited about, but I'm putting it on here because I I might be excited <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, Dying Light Two coming December seventh. Again, just about everything other than Switch. Uh, yeah. Josh, Dying Light Two. This game has been in development for what seems like a thousand years. Uh-huh. Uh, supposedly, finally coming out December seventh. What are your thoughts? How do you think this game's going to do? Oh, what are my thoughts? Um. I know some people, Donnie, I'm sorry in advance, uh, are excited about this game. And I I like that people love the first Dying Light, like parkour, zombies. I played a bunch of Dying Light. I played a lot where um, I was just trying to find my groove and I just never found it. Like, I I appreciate what the game was doing. It definitely did more than Dead Island, but I was really getting a lot of Dead Island vibes out of it. Um, which is fine. It's just not for me. Same with Dying Light 2. Not for me. 65. 65? Yeah. Wow. I'm really, I'm really leveraging the delays of this game to my score, uh, because I feel like the game isn't done. (laughs) Okay. 65. That's real low, Josh. Um, I think that this game might go be really good if they're able to do what they want to do or what they're trying to do. Yeah, and you're being positive. And I'm being positive. But because you guessed so low, I'm going to kind of hedge my bets here a little bit. Oh, you're uh, trying to fix that 15-point swing from earlier. Than I have been. <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to pick a pretty safe 80. Okay, I mean, that's still... Two, we have two games that each have 15 points between the two of us, and I, I guess. I know. This is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the final game on the list then that doesn't have a release date, but is supposedly and very confidently still coming uh, this holiday without co-op. Uh, Halo yeah. Infinite on the Xbox series of consoles and PC. Uh, they say it's still coming this holiday. That's somewhere in a three week window here, Josh. Uh, what are your thoughts? Halo Infinite. How is this bad boy going to do? <laughs> Kyle, I am. I was a huge Halo fan. Uh, Halo was the reason I owned an Xbox. Uh, I would, every time a new Halo game came out, we would have as many people over my house as the campaign would allow, and f- to the point where we were connecting TVs it, uh, to Xboxes and Xboxes to each other with Ethernet cables. 
and spending hours completing the campaign on Legendary, I have zero confidence in Halo Infinite. Oh, no. Zero confidence. Uh, we haven't seen any gameplay. Zero. That's not true. We've, we've only seen multiplayer. No campaign. And the multiplayer looks just like Halo 5. Okay. With some different abilities. Okay. I think that they're they're I think that they're forced to put this game out this year. I don't think it's ready. I think it's going to be a colossal cluster F. I'm guessing a 70 because my heart won't let me go lower. Wow, 70, Josh? I really have no confidence in this game. And in fact, I think I have to give up on Halo as my Xbox like the reason why I have an Xbox. I think I have to grab onto Gears, Forza, and maybe Fable now. Wow. Wow. I think that that ship has sailed. Even Sea of Thieves is more appealing to me at this point with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff than Halo is to me. Well, Josh, for your sake and mine, I hope you're wrong. Because I also me too. loved Halo back in the day. I played a ton of Halo 3, especially for me. It was like I, the number of hours I sunk into that game, I can't even, I don't even want to think about. It was every night for multiple hours a night. Back when I, you know, had no life, I could play video games constantly. It was amazing. <laughs> um, yes, I miss I, <laughs> I haven't played a lot of Halo in my recent years, but Halo is a game that still has a very soft place in my heart. I am going to be hopeful that they're making all of the right decisions. Um, so I'm going to go with an 83, Josh. <laughs> an 80. Okay, you're laughing because you think there's no way that's going to happen. No, because of our all of the we have such giant swings between us. I know it's going to be great, Josh. This is going to make it an exciting year for Metafall, unless everything happens to be right between both of our or just right in the middle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Josh, really quick question before we go to the tiebreaker: yeah. What is the better business model? Charging seventy dollars for PS5 games. Yeah. Or charging you $15 a month plus $50 to play the games that you could get for $15 a month? Well, that's totally not a biased question <laughs> at all, I'm right? Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just thought, I'm just amazed how easily you're like, yeah, I'm spending $50 for this. Like, you're just, well, it's for, it's for it. I would do the same for Horizon. If I they know. were like, hey, Horizon Zero Dawn is part of PS Plus, but if you want the DLC, pay 50 I would do it. No, I know you would. I know you would. Okay, tiebreaker then. Of How course, dare you? <laughs> of course, we have to have a fun game for a tiebreaker and a game that has withstood this test of time more than most. That is Just Dance 2022, Josh, coming out November 4th. Yeah. Just Dance, that game that could never stop, never stop stopping. Uh, what are your thoughts on Just Dance? Uh, I have no thoughts on it. Uh, I never play them. I know they always do well. Uh-huh. And they keep putting them out. They do. On the Wii. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's on Wii anymore. I think last year was say, the last one. Yes, I think yeah, I think you're right. Uh I did play for the first time ever Dance Dance Revolution at that art at the uh barcade. Yeah. And every time I tried I tried playing it, I played it with my wife the first time and my brother the second time, they both quit right away, and I was the only <laughs> one stuck there by myself. Trying. Um I don't. I didn't look up Metacritic for Just Dance. I'm just basing it, guessed on what I think they score, and I'm guessing an 85. All right, Josh is picking 85 for Just Dance 2022. I'm going to go in with a very comfy, cozy 77. 
Whoa. Really? That's comfy cozy to you? That seems I don't low. know. <laughs> it seems okay. That seems okay. So that is it. That is our predictions for Metafall 2021. Just a brief, brief recap. Again, Life is Strange, True Colors, I say 87, Josh says 82. Deathloop, I say 90, Josh says 75. Uh, Far Cry 6, I say 79, Josh says 90. Metroid Dread, I say 87, Josh says 85. Back for Blood, I say 78, Josh says 77. Guardians of the Galaxy, I say 75, Josh says 72. Call of Duty Vanguard, I'm at an 88, Josh is at an 84. Forza Horizon 5, I'm at 93, Josh is at 91. Dying Light 2, I'm at an 80, Josh is at a 65. Halo Infinite, I'm at an 83, Josh is at a 70. And the tiebreaker, Just Dance 2022, I'm at a 77, Josh is at an 85. With that, remember, listener, you can enter your guesses, your scores at bit.ly slash metafall2021. Uh, it will also be in our pinned tweet, so go ahead, check out the link there if you'd like to. Remember, you just have to be entered by 11 to 59 p.m. Central Time on Sunday, September 5th. With that, we're going to move on to our predictions. Obviously, we record on Sunday nights, but this episode posts on Tuesday mornings. So we want to, you know, try to guess what big news is going to be happening on Monday or Tuesday before this episode posts. So, Josh, what is your prediction moving forward? It's a re-prediction, but uh, we have Gamescom coming on Wednesday. So I really do think for Sony to get ahead of this, uh, they need to announce a delay for for. Horizon Forbidden West. So I think that maybe we get that on Monday or late Monday night. Gotcha. It's a good one. I think that's coming here sometime soon as well. Um, I'm going to go with another reprediction as well because I think this has to happen, especially now that we know the date for Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, but maybe this happens at Gamescom, but I think we get a date for Halo. Okay. Fair. That's what I think is Fair. happening. All right, so we are going to move towards wrapping the show up with our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing that we're currently into. That's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week? My recommendation is there is another music one coming at you. Lord, uh, uh, her new album dropped on Friday, Solar Power. Uh, it's very good. It's not Lord, you know. It's a little bit different, but I really enjoy it uh, a lot. It's uh, like Commune Lord. It's like a... It's like a polyphonic spree or like Charlie Manson Lord. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's kind of funny. Her cover of her album, they have to block out at Target and Walmart with a sticker because it's her bum. Okay. As she's like jumping over the camera. Uh, it's also $40 for her vinyl. Oh. And I was like, what? Uh, and then I remembered I wanted to get her last, the, her first album, Pure Heroin, uh, on vinyl. And that was always like 30 bucks. So I think she just asks a lot for her vinyl records. Because mm -hmm. $40 is $15 more than the Billie Eilish record. And it's $25 more than the new Bob's Burgers Volume 2 vinyl that just came out. <laughs> and that has, five, that has four vinyl discs in it. Hers is just one. So just listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. <laughs> okay. Okay. Man, you feel really strong about that vinyl. I love vinyl. I'm back in I'm in I'm in hard on vinyl, so I actually am like I'm gonna hopefully buy my first vinyl here, Josh, coming up. 
Nice. What are you going to get? Uh, Michelle Branch is actually releasing a... <laughs> oh, da- yeah. don't, why are you laughing, Josh? Why? Oh, I, I coughed. What? Man, I you're, you're talking about Lord, and you're <laughs> laughing at me I, for talking about I Michelle Branch. Coughed. Uh, but she is, it's the 20th anniversary of The Spirit Room, her first album, and she has going to release a double vinyl where the first vinyl is the original recording of The Spirit Room, and the second yeah. one is her re-recording all of the songs, basically like with all of the knowledge that she has in the world now. So it's still nice. the same lyrics and all that stuff, but just her basically covering her music um, as an adult now, because she was like a Taylor teenager. Swifted. So yeah, so very original. Yeah, so pretty pretty stoked about that. So that should be coming out here hopefully soonish. They haven't announced pre-order information yet, but I'm all about it. Nice. Um. So Josh, <laughs> my recommendation uh, is mm, this is not an easy documentary to watch. So I'm going to put that out there, and it's an <laughs> old one, but one that I had just missed. I had heard about. Um, and just had never gotten the chance to watch her, never come up. And I finally sat down and decided to watch it. Um, and that is Capturing the Freedmans. Oh, I've heard about this. I yeah, so it's it. a documentary from back in 2003. So it's it's, it's old. Um, it's on HBO Max. So you can check it out there. Um, but it is a you know documentary about a seemingly uh, typical family. Um, that's kind of how things start. And then very quickly you learn that... Uh, you know, the, the father and one of the sons is uh, arrested and, and charged with some pretty heinous crimes. Um, so I say if you have issues um, with or concerns about watching a documentary discussing um, pedophilia, probably a documentary you want to avoid. Um, but it, they don't go graphic about the what happened like what exactly they're being charged with or or what the situation is as far as that goes um but really looking at the way the family reacts to the charges and how they what their interpersonal communication is like and how they treat one another once these crime like once these charges are filed once the trials start and seeing how this family um in some ways comes together and in some ways just explodes is really a fascinating, interesting thing to watch. Um, I I think that the documentary is trying to make you question as to whether or not these crimes happened, and I don't I, I don't think it does a great job of of doing that. Like I think it's pretty clear. Like every once in a while they'll put in little droplets of make you go like, hmm, that's interesting, but everything is very easily explained for the most part. Um, but. Like I said, it, it was fascinating. It was interesting. It is definitely tough subject matter um, to listen to and to kind of, to kind of you know, watch. Um, but if it, it's something you feel you can handle, um, you know, go ahead, ca- check out Capturing the Freedmans on HBO Max. So, all right, Josh, with that, uh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Good idea. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of Fiji. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg. So please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed, 
or our very own standalone board with video games feed. In lieu of my plugs, I will remind you, we had a contest on our 200th episode that nobody entered. So you get one more week. Yeah, you get one more week. And uh, if you do not enter, if we have no entrance or guesses, I have already picked out a long-time loyal listener who I will contact, and I will gift them the prize, because we love our listeners, even when they don't participate in our contests. <laughs> Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.